Hey everyone, welcome to the Bully Food Challenge. Today's episode is actually number 13, and I've called it Lose to Win, Be Undefensive. Um, I just want to give a quick welcome to all of you who are coming out to hear the show each week, and especially to kids who I have noticed have repeatedly visited the show. Uh, shout out to Canada, shout out to uh, the Midwest in the United States. Also, I see some folks in Belgium and Germany and uh, also Australia. It's great to see all of you regularly listening. I know you're learning things and that makes me really happy. Um, and then of course, if you're new to the show, welcome. It's great to have you as well. And I hope you uh, get a lot out of it. I'm Kelly Sorg, your host. I'm a teacher. I've been a middle school teacher for 20 years, and I am interested in this project because <clears throat> I was bullied myself as a kid, and I'm actually going to tell you a little bit about that today. Um, and also, I've helped so many students as a teacher work on the problem of bullying and move past it. Um, that said, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a provider of any kind. I can't give you individualized care or instruction because I don't know all of you personally, but I can give you information about the pattern of bullying and strategies that have worked for me and, uh, and my students um, as to how to get past it. So um, I'm glad you're here and let's, let's move into this new episode. Okay, today's episode is yeah, your third principle, which is being undefensive undefensiveness. Um, and what I mean when I say that is be undefensive as long as you can. Okay. Um, okay. So another way I would describe undefensiveness is cause it doesn't mean that you're, uh, allowing people to push you over or allow, allowing people to take advantage of you. I don't mean not defend yourself. I mean, uh, approach all these situations with an air of, I don't even need to defend myself and I'm undefensive. Okay. And so another way to say that is to stand your ground. And when I say stand your ground, I mean, stay true to yourself, no matter what comes and only change your mind or the way you are on your own terms, based on your experiences and insights. That's it. Don't change for anybody else change because you either agree that someone's giving you feedback and you, and they, you think they're probably right. And you'd like to give it a shot, but it's based on your experiences and insights about who you are and who you want to be. Okay. Standing your ground means never wavering from that. But how do you remain undefensive when someone is coming after you and someone is clearly being on the offensive to you? They are they are after you, they are bugging you, they are bullying you, they are saying mean things, whatever it is. They are isolating you from friends, they are trying to embarrass you, they are physically maybe even confronting you a little bit. Um, and when we've talked in the past, if they're doing it a lot, you need to move this to the adults. It's not, it's that anytime somebody is is going past the line of bullying into the line of, of possibly even illegal action, they need to deal with authorities. And that's just that. Okay. But if we're talking about a little bit of, uh, shouldering out or, uh, maybe a little push or a shove or something like that, you know, you can be undefensive with that too. So how do you do it though? When your brain is screaming at you to protect yourself and defend yourself, how do you keep that air of, I don't even need to do anything about this. I can just, uh, back off. I can, I can, 
I can lose to win. How do you do that? How do you lose to win? Okay. Well, you'll have to teach your brain through experiences that doing nothing is often the best self-defense. And I know this because I used to actually teach self-defense. I wasn't the main instructor, but I I did teach as a, a volunteer assistant to the instructor. And so I've been through the classes many times. And a main message that I learned during that, that work is that, uh, is the physical equivalent of what I'm about to talk about in this episode. Okay. So the physical equivalent of what I'm going to talk about in this episode, um, was when the self-defense teacher would say, we're going to do an activity where we try to push each other down. Okay. So, um, and not like really push to the floor or anything, but just kind of try to knock someone off their balance. And so the, the teacher would have you stand in your pair and you'd try to push on each other, kind of like the game King of the Hill. Okay. And everybody has their instincts about how they want to, you know, strategize and, and, and what stance they want to take during that game. Um, and then we would debrief it. So I think these two games that I'm about to talk about illustrate it well, and then I'll debrief it with you. Um, King of the Hill, which is the game where somebody's on the top of the hill and they're trying to push everybody back so that the, nobody gets to the top of the hill like them. They're trying to keep their position on the top of the hill, okay? And the best way to play that game is to stay loose and limp, be really flexible and responsive, be a noodle, you know, like keep your keep yourself ready to move, ready to flex, ready to, um, you know, even, even kind of crumble a little bit in order to not topple, okay? Um, and... Uh, you know, another way is like be a noodle. But the point is, is that you want to be relaxed and ready to strike at any time. So the bully is never able to use your own rigidity to push you over. So in the self-defense class, what we would learn is that if you stand really tight and stiff and, and worried and thinking too hard, uh, having a plan and not really, uh, being willing to waver from the plan, all of that rigidity sets you up to be kind of like a piece of wood, like you're a board of wood and it's easy to push a board of wood over. It's just standing there. It's hard and it's strong and it, it doesn't flex. So you can just push it with one finger. You can tip it over. Okay. But if you are like a noodle, if you're uh, loose, limp, relaxed, responsive, flexible, moving here and there, dodging, all of that is much easier to push over. And even if the person does manage to push you over, you're going to flex into the push. You might, you might stumble a little bit, but they're not going to knock you off your feet. In fact, they might just move you over a little bit to push you into a more strategic position. So in the self-defense class, we learned that you're much better off and you will probably stay on your feet if you can be more relaxed and loose because you'll, you'll take a hit, but you won't, you won't be, uh, hit over or pushed over. Okay. Um, and the other game that illustrates this, uh, this losing to win or this being, uh, being willing to take a little bit of the impact in order to, uh, you know, to absorb the, the bully's shove without letting them knock you to the ground. Um, another, way to look at that is tug of war. Okay. Tug of war is where you're pulling one way and the other person's pulling the other way on a rope. Right. Um, and there's two ways to win tug of war. One is you pull harder than the other person or the other team. And, 
and then you pull the rope to your side or two, you drop the rope. If you drop the rope or you loosen your grip on the rope, often the other team will fall and then you can just grab the rope out of their hands and run it over the line. Or you can just, you know, see that dropping the rope as just giving up because you don't want to play the game. Okay. So between the two pulling harder to try to make the rope go to your side or dropping the rope and watching the other side fall on their ass. Um, which one sounds more like bully food to you? I, I think you're right. I think you you've anticipated that when you keep pulling, you keep the game going. So it's fine to play tug of war with friends, family, classmates, even to, you know, play like metaphorical tug of war with a teacher, you can, you know, kind of challenge your teacher, they can challenge you back and kind of pull back and forth, but you don't want to play any game with a bully. You never want to play with a bully. So if they're trying to engage you in some kind of tug of war, and it's not, I mean, obviously it's not always a rope, <laughs> like probably would never play tug of war with your bully unless it was like some kind of event at school, but they might challenge you to, uh, you know, on what you're wearing, on what you're thinking, on how you acted, on who you're friends with, on how you act in class, on how smart you are, on how much you're willing to do work for them, or on whether you're allowed to come in the cafeteria, whatever. <laughs> I mean, it could be anything. If you keep pulling against them, you are only engaging the game and keeping it going. So with a bully, you win by ending the game as soon as possible, which is, which means you drop the rope and you watch them fall on their, their a double money sign. Okay. And I apologize for using a swear word before, but you know, I think that we're past that because you're working with some, some pretty serious stuff and swear words are the least of, of anybody's problems if they're thinking about bullying. Okay. So if someone tries to push you over, whether it's physically, emotionally, mentally, socially, whatever, you make it much easier for them to do that. If you're rigid, stiff, inflexible, locked into a plan, locked on your feet into one place, stuck in your head, all of these things, just think about these words, locked, stuck, stiff, inflexible, rigid. They're all like being a piece of wood that can easily be pushed over with one finger. You've got to get loose and be willing to absorb the bully's shoves. Like I said, without letting them knock you into the ground, you do this by mocking them and laughing at them instead of crying with frustration and rage. You pay attention to them instead of the thoughts inside your head. So you can anticipate their next moves. You don't take them too seriously. You don't take yourself too seriously. You just kind of look at it as I'm willing to lose a little bit in order to win the war. I'm, I'm willing to lose a little bit in order to get what I really want, which is to have this bully leave me alone, get a little bit of respect from them. Um, you know, whatever your goal is, it's, it's losing the battle to win the war. Okay. So rather than get locked into a plan or an opinion you have, you need to set boundaries and stick to them. You need to use this structure though, because this, this sentence structure that I'm about to teach you, um, because you know, you don't, if you say to a bully, I have boundaries and you need to follow them there, that that's bully food. They're, they're going to walk all over that. But if you say this structured sentence, I want to help, but not like this. I want to help, but not like this. And here's some examples. I want to hear you out, but not if you're going to call me names. I want you to, I want to leave you alone, but not if you keep bothering me. I want to help you with your work, but not if you're going to cheat off me or be cruel to me outside of class, anything like that. I want this, but not if you're doing that. 
Okay. And that will set a tone that you're not, uh, you're only going to go so far with them and you are willing to get along with them, but you have certain demands and you won't get along with them if you, if they don't meet those demands. Um, okay. Another thing you need to do is be authentic as you possibly can. So be as authentic as, as you are ready to be. And we've talked about this a lot as, as far as, you know, taking risks, being willing to make mistakes, being willing to bring your real self out there. Authenticity is not only undefensive, it's also disarming, meaning the other person feels more relaxed and secure on you. And it's highly attractive. There's nothing to defend if you're being real, you're being the real you and you're okay with who that is. And so, uh, you know, they can see by you just bringing out the true real you, your real self, and you're okay with who you are there, there, you don't have anything to defend at that point. So I've got a little story. I told you, I was going to tell you about my past. Um, I've got lots of bullying stories because I was bullied from the age of fourth grade to about ninth grade. Um, this actually happened to me in high school. It was a little later. Um, and it happened that the, one of the most popular boys in my class, uh, asked me to go to a dance and he was really nervous. He was, uh, he was pretty excited to ask me. He actually was outside my house with his friends and he came over to my house and asked me to go to this dance. And I was really excited. I didn't know that he was interested in me at all. Um, but I was really excited when I found out he wanted to go to the dance with me. And then, um, he told me to call him. So I called him later. And when he, when we were on the phone, he said he started to panic and he felt like he was maybe too short for me and that, um, we shouldn't go to the dance together. And I said, well, you know, I don't care if you're a little shorter than me and we should still go. And he said, no, I don't want to go, but it's not because I don't like you. It's just, I don't, I just don't think I can handle it. I'm shorter than you. And so I was really disappointed, but you know, it was just kind of like one of those things I couldn't do anything about it. And then the next day I went to school and I found out that he had told everybody he asked me out as a joke and it was really hurtful and embarrassing because I was excited about it. And then I was really disappointed. And then I was led to believe, well, everyone else was led to believe it was a joke. I knew deep down that he wasn't joking. He really meant it. And then he was just scared that maybe he wasn't going to I don't know if it matters to kids your age these days, but and when I was a kid, it mattered if, if the boy was t- shorter than the girl who in a, in a, um, boy girl relationship. So, um, he was worried about that anyway. So the story is that one day, even after he did that, you know, a few weeks after he did that, he left some things behind in class. So I took them and brought them to him and said, Hey, you left this stuff in class. And he turned around and he was like, I don't understand why you're so nice to me. Like I I wouldn't be so nice to somebody who acted the way I act. And I said, well, that's just who I am. I would bring anybody their stuff. You know, that's just who I am. And that's being authentic. That's saying, Hey, that's just the real me. And if you, you know, wouldn't be like that, then that's the real you, I guess. But that's just how it is. And he, I think he was so impressed that I was, honest and I was willing to be myself, even though he'd been so unkind to me. And I know he found it, um, disarming and attractive that I was still being myself regardless of how he treated me. Okay. So authenticity, 
like I said, it's not only undefensive because it's, you don't have to defend your real self if you, if you're okay with who you really are, but it's also so attractive and so peaceful and, um, and it makes the other person much more likely to be, uh, to feel like you're on their side and to be on your side. Okay. Um, people want to see if you can handle yourself sometimes and take care of yourself. They want to see that you can stand on your own two feet. So they will often test you and try to see how strong you are before they get any closer to you. These people are not bullies. They're just trying to, like we've talked about before, they're just testing you. Okay. They do this to make sure you're not overly dependent and you can kind of hang on your own in the relationship or friendship that they're going to have with you. So it, this is another reason why you should learn to be as undefensive as possible for as long as you can and wait it out because sometimes it takes a, it, it takes a while to be able to tell the difference between a person who's only testing you and one who's actually threatening you or bullying you. Um, you can always go back and defend yourself. You know, you don't have to start with being defensive. It's, it's actually kind of weak. So, so just keep those people in mind. And then, you know, whoever it is, if they're testing you, if they're bullying you, if they're threatening you, there's just great strategy of, and there's a, there's a, uh, a phrase, which is to cook, cook your goose or that your goose got cooked. It means that you're, you, you were revealed in having made a mistake or everybody can see that you blew it. Um, but you can also get someone to cook their own goose. Okay. So that what I mean by that is everybody in a situation of conflict, even the bully is stressed and they will be even more stressed when they can see that you're not going to take their bait. You're not going to pull the end of the rope. You're not going to play their game. You're not going to, um, you're not going to go stiff and rigid and worried and, and let them push you over with one finger. You're just going to be chill and relaxed and receptive and watching what they're doing so you can respond to it. And the more you do that, the more they will scramble and fumble and crumble. And what you really want to do is let all that happen. You want to get good at saying as little as possible. This is the key to cooking, letting someone else cook their own goose is in those awkward silences or when someone starts talking and you're so, you want to say something to protect yourself and defend yourself so much in return. You want to, you want to, you want to explain what happened. You want to set the record straight. If you can resist the urge to do that and just let them keep talking, you will get them to cook their own goose and, and you'll get a lot of information out of them. It's actually pretty funny. Um, so get good at saying as little as possible because the person who talks less holds all the power. Um, and the bully will talk, they will talk and talk and be digging a deeper hole for themselves the entire time. So you'll be able to see exactly what they're thinking and you'll be able to, um, get them to say some pretty ridiculous and embarrassing things that, that reveal who they really are and who they're, what their intentions are to everyone who's listening. Okay. I know it's difficult to hold your tongue when you want to set the record straight or give up mid game when you really want to prove yourself, but you've got to remember this people only defend what they believe is vulnerable. I'm going to say it again. People only defend what they believe is vulnerable. Okay. The only reason that you would get defensive is because you believe you are threatened. Defensiveness translates as weakness. It is, it's like saying, I'm afraid. I feel like I'm in jeopardy. So I have to defend myself. And what you want to do is the exact opposite. So conversely, 
When you don't bother to defend yourself, you appear cool, calm, collected, and carefree. You appear like you don't think there's anything to protect because there's no threat. You're basically, by not defending yourself, you're saying you're not a threat to me, bully. Okay. And that is the ultimate anti-bully food. Be ready for some people to resent you for not, for, for standing your ground, for not budging, for being kind of like, I'll be flexible and I'll, I'll dodge your, your blows, but I'm not going to move. I'm going to be myself. You can't make me change. Never explain, never complain or apologize about having your own back. You've got to have your own back in this life. You certainly have to have your own back when it comes to a bully and don't let anybody get you to adjust or give a reason or have to come up with some kind of apology for doing that and never complain about having to do that. It's a good thing. It's good to protect yourself. Okay. Now keep in mind all this stuff. I've given you some, a whole bunch of advice on how to be undefensive, but remember it's never too late to say enough is enough and then go on the defensive. If you feel like you've tried enough to just be receptive and to kind of dodge their blows and to let them fall on their butt and let them cook their own goose, and it's just not working and you feel like you really need to step up and defend yourself. You can always do that later. You don't have to do it right off the bat. And as I said earlier, you might find it easier and more effective to stand your ground by being in a more relaxed stance. I I find it's almost always the best uh, strategy to use. So with that said, I'd like you to try your best to practice um, seeing things in a more lighthearted way, looking at it more with a a humor uh, view uh, or filter on it. Go loose and limp, do some relaxation activities before you have to deal with stressful situations. Say less, do less, um, see it as you're already good. You don't need to step up and defend yourself because you're already good and never complain about having to take care of yourself. Never explain to them why you're doing what you're doing and never apologize for having your own back. Like I said, um, Standing your ground means being true to yourself no matter what. And, and that's, that's the name of the game. That's what you're, that's what the bully is trying to get you to leave, to, to betray yourself. That's ultimately, that's what they want. They want to see you betray yourself. And if you just say, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to defend against you, but I'm also never going to betray myself. You've got the whole game. It's, it's done and they will move on because it's, you're no longer an easy victim. All right. So keep this one in mind. This is your third principle. Be undefensive for as long as you can, as often as you can. And I hope you have a great week. I'll see you next time.